0: Welcome back to the Toons Tunes Podcast. I'm Harold. We have Alexandra Bohannon in the house. What up, girl?
1: Hey, what's up? How are you? <laughs>
0: Great. Hey, real quick, guys. As always, you could follow us on social media, Toons Tunes Podcast. That's T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And then you can listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And so real quick, I'll give the shout out to Vanessa House with my, the ceremonial popping of the tab there we go that's juicy
1: yeah i was ho- i was really hoping you were gonna hold off on cracking it and open to do it in the mic <laughs> seriously
0: <laughs> it has its own mic no i'm just that's kidding. mic up the <laughs> can you mic up the beer <laughs> <laughs> that would be like penultimate like
1: that's a next level of extra <laughs> and we're sitting on a stage right now with like these like blue and red lights <laughs>
0: <laughs> now i had to had to pop the tab on the first annie vanessa house shout out to those guys mm. you can check them out at the brewers union they got all their beers for sale there so shout out to vanessa house uh but yeah so we were just kind of talking earlier um we kind of a, had a mutual connection with your new roommate
1: but yeah roomies <laughs> now caleb
0: Benies. uh caleb masters he's a been on the show before and kind of geeked out with us and then he did his own episode and then i think he was on a panel which panel was that digimon versus pokemon and so he was on that panel with some hot takes about how digimon is better than pokemon and i was like bro delete your account
1: yeah kid is full of hot takes about digimon <laughs> i tell you what like no, that's, i was yeah i've never definitely. met someone so passionate about it pro- probably maybe more so than the creator themselves <laughs> no yeah it
0: was funny because like uh, we had like it was pretty casual. You know, we're all like fans of it growing up. Sure. And so everyone that I had on the show, and I was kind of more of a moderator because I did watch Digimon. I did watch Pokemon. So mm-hmm. I was like, and eh, like, I kind of fuck with both shows. Yeah. But <laughs> everybody kind of like was doing their spiel. Like, we we're just like, oh, yeah, I like it because of blah, blah, like some basic shit. And then Caleb like busts out his phone and has like this, these like deep, this deep analysis on like the individual characters on Digimon. <laughs> and I was like, God damn, Caleb. Like, oh, he came more prepared to that episode than I did, and I was yeah. hosting it. I was like, "Fuck, uh, making me look bad I'm on my own show, boy." <laughs>
1: uh, that's that's great because I remember uh, going to the movies. You know, we've been to the movies a lot together because we have our own film podcast together. Yeah. So, uh, going to the movies that an ad for a Fathom event comes up and it's a Digimon movie, and Caleb's like face just lights up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> and he went. Obviously,
0: that's funny. And he was the only one in the theater.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, maybe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know. We. She I, was I, like, did, I didn't go. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I super didn't go. But yeah, I, I really. <laughs> I really enjoy Caleb Masters and all the work we do at the cinematropolis.com. There you it's go. Really, yeah. uh, it's really a good place. Gonna, <laughs> we're just going to tie right back into the the main flow hey, of things. Yeah, why right. not? Uh, so, Cinematropolis is a film analysis website um, that is founded by Planet Thunder Productions, which is a film uh, production company in the area. And uh, so, the Cinematropolis is their version of, you know, I don't know, Uh, The Dissolve is the most recent, not most recent, but the most uh, relevant example of just, like, hot dives, but not, like, for, like, the social media clicks, no listicles, really. It's just, like, thorough and heartfelt and well-thought-out analysis um, about whatever topics they want to do that month. There's usually a monthly theme, and then, you know we put all the eggs in that theme and go with it. Um, and I have, uh, on the, uh, cinematic schematic is a, uh, podcast that's hosted by the cinematropolis. It's a monthly show. Um, because it, it like it kind of has more of an intentionally, and this is one thing that high praises to you, Caleb masters. If you are definitely listening to this, uh, <laughs> is <laughs> cause the kid is a podcaster at heart is that it's a really polished, like NPR feeling show. It's got segments and it's oh, it like is
0: professional. Yeah
1: yeah he's a grade at that and so there's a bunch of different segments one of which uh, is my segment which is Mm -hmm. called soundtrack um which is all about film scores which i love film scores yeah
0: that's super dope and we'll get into that a little bit later yeah but uh yeah that is cool like uh was there like a specific way you guys kind of like met up or they like you got in contact with those guys or
1: yeah, so um, so rewind back to like 2013. I was on a podcast uh called The Good Trash Genre Cast, which is a film, also a film analysis podcast, but it's more of the like picking uh popcorn y films like John Wick and uh Breakdance. What is that movie? It's like just Dance, whatever, the, like any of those weird dancing movies or oh, Terminator. Step <laughs> yeah, Step Up, like things like they're kind of more schlocky. They're not considered by any like film studies professor to be high art. Um, so we do analysis on we or I was on the show. We would do analysis on kind of the more quote lowbrow stuff. And so Caleb was a frequent guest and contributor and then he moved away and then I was on in his place and then he moved back and then we both started getting on it. And so then we podcasted with those guys in that capacity at good trash and they, they still, the show still goes and I'm on every once in a while. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how we met up and then we just kind of continued being, you know, BFFs, you know,
0: well, that's cool. Yeah. What was that? Can you say that podcast one more time? Yeah, over? it's
1: called the Good Trash Genre Cast. It's uh, it's good trash is one word and genre cast is one word. OK, cool. So, yeah, 23- they started in 2013 and they've done some films like uh, Aliens, The Dark Knight, uh, Terminator 2, uh, Bewitched, which was a host pick oh. of mine, uh, just like a whole bunch of films you would never do analysis on yeah. in your entire life um they, <laughs> nothing
0: yeah. that would be on the cinematropolis let's just say uh, that. yeah
1: well i mean we pick i mean i'm i, just c- kidding. I pick sh- schlocky stuff to cover all the time and you know it's not like ready player one which we d- did uh we did on this last episode is gonna be is the highest art yeah that's true a, you know, <laughs> steven spielberg was yeah. the theme last month so the,
0: uh, man the blade runner one was so good ugh. i was like ugh It's good stuff. I got real jealous, like just listening to it, and like, and how there was like sound clips cut in, and then there's like segments. I was like, "Damn, this is this is good." Making my little old show feel feel self conscious. No, no, (laughs) seriously. Well,
1: (laughs) it's I mean, it's two very different flavors of podcasts. Like you guys, you, I mean, you've really got this great conversational feel, you know, and people, I mean, human, real human interest stories instead of just like. Uh, appealing to interest of the flavor of the month, which both approaches are very valid. So yeah. it's just very different approaches.
0: Yeah, I definitely like the schematics. So shout out to those guys too. They Hex, do, a lot, yeah. do a lot of good work. And then you ha- you're on another one, right? Um, oh no, it's a segment, right? Of yeah, the, uh, so it's soundtrack. a
1: segment. Yeah, Can you so- talk a little bit
0: more about like what it... Uh, you know for maybe someone that someone hasn't listened to the sure. schematic what like your segment entails
1: yeah so soundtrack is a so it's a pot it's basically a podcast within it, a podcast as ridiculous as that so sounds. i mean it. we've had our <laughs> i yeah totally i've had it my own like soundtrack episodes because sometimes like we did an oscars special um about like all the scores that were nominated for the 90th academy awards um and we talked about that and it was really long so it's like well let's not just put the piggyback this on something else. Cause <laughs> it would be like, like a three hour long show, which is ridiculous. Um, so basically soundtrack, um, is a uh, film score analysis podcast in which, um, the theme that is handed me from the gods at the cinematropolis. (laughs) Um, I like think of scores that I feel like fit that theme. And we've had, we've had a really great, like wide variety of films to talk about in that capacity. Um, we did a theme that was like films you're thankful for. And so basically, I got to be like wow. super self-indulgent and be like, yeah, let's talk about movies that I love and grew up with and things like that. And um, we also did uh, the theme we just wrapped up was Spielberg. So yeah uh, we, in, yeah, exactly for ready player one. For ready player one. And so, we talked about, um, so basically what I do is I do like deep dives into each individual score and then I'll pull out tracks that I feel exemplify the thing, the things of that score that make it a, a good score. Um, and that support the film. And, and usually I, I put in like history, like especially of the composers, because like, you know, besides like John Williams and like, Like Danny Elfman, Elfman, like you. Maybe most people like got five film composers on like one hand, and they're like, yeah, those guys, like
0: Hans Zimmer, and yeah, Hans Zimmer, yeah, yeah, like
1: those, like that's three that probably people would just like. That's like the
0: only three I know. Yeah, yeah. So.
1: So one thing that we talk about in the uh, Spielberg episode is um, Alan Silvestri, because Spielberg's only had three films where he didn't have John Williams score it. And uh, two of them were Alan Silvestri. Now I want to fact check that, but I'm fairly confident Two of them were Alan Silvestri um, and one of those films was Ready Player One. And that was Alan Silvestri who scored Back to the Future, which is also something I talked about on the episode since Spielberg produced it, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a Spielberg baby in its own way, not directed by. But yeah, so basically um, do some deep dives into like the actual musical elements that compose the song, um, history and just like and then play the clips because that's you know, we're there for the music. And so it's like, I want you to listen to the music, the music that makes you so excited, you know, uh, that makes this exemplary. And, um, and that's been a really fun journey, uh, going with Caleb and really exploring, exploring this. There's a podcast that, um, I would highly recommend to anyone that kind of enjoys that format. It's called VG empire. And it's like a podcast that I, like right when like i started getting into podcasts it was like my first show um and they do the same thing this is like basically the same format but with video game music and i oh, love video cool. game music oh, so VG. much yeah vg empire yeah. so uh definitely i borrowed that format for soundtrack and uh yeah it definitely love i, I just love all that music i love music so that's hey, i'm glad i'm here it's perfect talking about <laughs> this stuff here with you <laughs>
0: well no and that's just kind of like a testament to it now you know i kind of mentioned it when I'm talking to my guests when they are first coming on, that these are really the things that stick out to us and that are have a huge impact on us growing up are, you know, the things that we see and the things that we watch. And so, you know, I know just for me, like, I can think back to a time when I hear a song. I can think back to where I was when I heard that song type of thing. And then the same goes for, like, anime. Like, those things are so tied to memory that they're so important to me that I was like... You know, that's like the whole vibe behind this show. And so that's why I like to bring people that are equally as like excited to talk about those things. Yay. And so I think it's cool. Like, No,
1: I do think it's cool. (laughs) Like it's excellent. Applause to you for having like an excellent concept for a podcast that, you know doesn't cross too far into self-indulgence and uh you know it's not just a room full of white guys talking about movies (laughs) which is most podcasts hey
0: that are serial
1: killers you're (laughs) not wrong
0: yeah i know man how many more serial killer podcasts are we gonna get Like, god damn the
1: the onion satirical serial killer podcast like that just got launched i haven't listened to it yet but i'm sure that's a one really good
0: (laughs) Oh, man. That's funny. Well, one of the things I was excited about that you mentioned is like being one of your favorite shows is one that I don't really see a whole lot when I'm talking to people. Oh, boy. Which is Code Lyoko.
1: Yes. Actually,
0: that's one that a lot of my guests like to make fun of. People make
1: fun of Code Lyoko? <laughs> what the they're fuck like, is wrong with you They're people? like, uh, they talk we about enjoy. what they like now.
0: And then they're like, yeah, but when I was a kid, like I like dumb stuff like Code Lyoko. And I I always think like the show's not that so bad like
1: I mean I haven't <laughs> I haven't watched it since it stopped happening, you know. but <laughs> I like
0: liking it when I was a kid.
1: I mean, yeah, I even had uh I had I had some Code action figures what? too with yes. the big foreheads and everything. Yes, uh Aylita, <laughs> the girl that was in in the computer Xana and yeah. then uh I had an odd action figure. Man, what happened to those? Man, I'm just Oh. I, but yeah, I actually haven't watched it since the show went off and I feel like that and Beetleborgs are like best preserved oh in God. memory. Like, oh yes, I remember Big Bad Beetleborgs. Big Bad Beetleborgs. It's like, oh yeah, let's uh put that one as one I enjoyed. But probably shouldn't revisit. <laughs> but I really—I don't want to ruin show. it. I don't want to ruin it. You're right. You're right. You
0: don't want to ruin it because yeah. I went back and tried to watch Big Bad Beetleborgs. And,
1: uh, uh, yes, I did. I so, tried. Oh, you did. Oh, I tried. No. I tried to get. I got maybe thirty seconds in the intro. It's <laughs> real bad. I just
0: out. <laughs> it's real bad. It was on Netflix for a long time. It was. It was. And I was always say like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch that again. I'm
1: gonna watch Beetle. And then
0: finally one da- one day I sat down and I think it was about. Maybe even less than 30 seconds for me because I was just like, this is real bad. How is this not as cool as when it was when I was eight?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Whenever I wanted to be a Beetleborg.
0: Oh, man. And then they had like a really cool, it was almost, it was kind of like a copy of Power Rangers, honestly.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Because
0: like they had a really cool, like white Beetle that ended up coming out, just kind of like the White Ranger. Mm -hmm. And so when you're a kid you don't really think about things being a copy you're just like this is another thing that i think is cool yeah like, <laughs> and
1: you're like oh this is really similar to this other thing i also like now i can enjoy twice as much of it exactly
0: basically. yeah I, I think that's kind of where i landed with the uh, pokemon versus digimon too because mm. it was like i yeah. saw both of them and i was just like More oh these are both cool shows and i like both of them mm-hmm. like so i never even thought about opposing until you know i started the show and then started talking to people and i'm like this is like a point of contention. Let's do an episode on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, to Caleb Baster's endless chagrin, he'll, he'll be cursing me as he listens to this. I have never seen an episode of Digimon. Oh my God. And I just know that there's the tiny, Rest cute, in peace. uh, tiny, cute dinosaur. That's orange. It's really Agumon, cute. Yeah, yeah, he's
0: so cute. He's like the Bizarro Charmander.
1: Yeah, but like the like, you know the Jurassic Park mode of Charmander, which yeah, is yeah, that's true.
0: He is more like and dinosaur then, like.
1: Yeah, so I really he's super cute, but I don't know like the premise why it's different than Pokemon. Yeah, and like literally anything about it besides that little Digimon creature.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I guess I gotta hit the highlights for you. Just like yeah, Digimon. Em. So Digimon is more monsters. like, yeah, there you go. Okay. And they are more of like, um, I would say they're more like equals, like the Aww. Digimon and their people. They're more like partners.
1: Oh, that's cool. And they
0: can communicate with each other. Like the Digimon can speak to them, to their uh, trainers. Dope. And so, but it's more of like a partnership. Like if, uh, like say like a big monumental thing, find like a, a character finds like something in himself that he didn't know was there like he really comes into his own in an episode then it makes the digimon like even more powerful and then they digivolve it's basically like evolving like pokemon did mhm but with digimon they don't they like revert back they're only they only evolve for like
1: oh. a big battle interesting and okay. then they
0: revert back down to their little guy status Aww. but as you know in pokemon it's more like it's a, it is kind of more subservient like you know the They're like little uh, slave drivers.
1: Yeah. And they're like
0: battling and then um, they can't communicate with their guys. And when they do evolve, they don't go back. Like there's some parallels there.
1: Right. I mean, I, I don't know, like just as an adult hearing, you know, the you know, big helicopter of mode version of these. Like, I mean, it feels like Pokemon has the more negative message. It's like, yes, let us battle these monsters against each other. Yeah. And like, you know, make them do these things for us and they pass out. And then we capture them in balls and they're not free. And then we put them in a computer. If you're playing the game, and then you just never get them out again. Like that's terrifying. That's it's so I think, uh, sad.
0: What did, I think Kayla called them dog, like this dog fighting. It is stuff. dog
1: fighting. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) like damn but that's cool and then but then on the smart marketing side of things with Digimon it's like everyone likes the starter set of Pokemon where you get like all of the starters so you get how cute Bulbasaur and Squirtle and Charmander are but then every time with Digimon they can fight big but then they get to go back to cute mode that's true you always have that yeah yeah yeah, that's like that's the smart stuff right there. But yet I, you know, Pokemon, Pokemon Go, Pokemon cards.
0: Hey, Pokemon, the games undefeated.
1: Uh, the games are Digimon
0: cannot even compete in the yeah. game realm. And cards. I, did they have Digimon cards? I bet they did. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they weren't a thing, though.
1: No. But the show. Except for Caleb, probably. The Sorry, show. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. And
0: then the movies, uh, they actually had licensed, like, actual songs in Digimon. Oh. So that was kind of cool. But That's Pokemon had an original score, so yeah i think for you i'm, pr- I'm sure you probably yeah. lean towards the original score
1: yeah totally um i can't remember i actually watched the first pokemon movie fairly recently within like recently in the past two years i mean <laughs> um and it was probably as bad as bad as you'd think oh yeah so yeah.
0: i rewatched uh both movies in preparation for that episode and i was like wow yeah this is real bad yeah um, but anyway, Code Lyoko, um,
1: <laughs> yep.
0: I digress. No, seriously. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding.
1: no it, will, I, it was in that, um, on Cartoon Network, yeah, you the know, tsunami. I always felt like the kid that was too old to watch cartoons, but I did anyway, but secretly, um, but they have that Maguzi block, like right yeah, after school. Yeah, Muguzi. that's right. I yeah. forgot
0: about that. Wow.
1: Yeah. So Code Lyoko and then Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, which hey. I watched a shit ton of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX more so than the original yugioh um and i'm trying to remember it was three shows in that block it might have been
0: uh not no not cubics um because it was cartoon network
1: yeah i'm trying to remember what else was in that block but there was like those two for maybe sure. sd
0: gundam or something stupid like that
1: maybe um but yeah because miguzzi was like kind of like the get the, the, primer, for the primer for tsunami. The primer for Toonami, exactly. You nailed it. But yeah, I never
0: Man, I am still tripping out that you said Maguzi because I completely forgot. And then about wasn't that. she
1: under the sea? and she was like CGI? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and there was like little dudes like Maybe always it was swimming reboot around. Or something. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I cannot Where think of the third- Maybe it was Hamtaru. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. There was a third show in that, typically in that block, but, um, but yeah. That was your shit, huh? That was the shit. I watched a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX for whatever reason. Generation X.
0: I was was like, what is that? Because I never watched GX, TBH.
1: Oh, yeah. If we're sticking with the letters here. So (laughs) basically, so, so after, I don't know how they... I never I never finish it because I know that there's the ending duel. I think maybe in the last episode is Yagami fighting the protagonist of GX. Uh, It's not you. Not not Yagami. That's that's, that's fucking Death Note. Oh, I just let Uh, you I just let you slide with it, too. I didn't even think. Wow. No, I'll call myself out on that one. Uh, Yugi, Yami. Yami is the Pharaoh mode, whatever that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yami, Yugi, that's right. Yami and Yugi, whatever the shared body Pharaoh kid. <laughs> uh, they they battle the protagonist of Yu Gi Oh! GX. And I can't remember what happens, but basically, GX is everyone's like, hey, why don't we just have, I don't know, a duelist training academy? And oh, so it's like high school Hogwarts trope. with like Yu Gi Oh! Yeah. which punches both of my dumb buttons, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and so they have like three different houses named after what? the three legendary dragons. And then, um, yeah it's so yeah uh anyway but our protagonist is in like the the shittiest one because like you know his because family he didn't has have to overcome money, he has to overcome exactly it's good for the plot um but yeah so that's fun that show is a lot of fun i never got into like five d's and i think there's a show even after that Yu-Gi-Oh 5d Oh. Yeah, there's card games with on anything. motorcycles. That's all you need about Oh, five yeah, days. that's right. Yeah. And then I don't know what the one is after that, but there is one apparently. Hey, uh,
0: original Yu-Gi-Oh! We're talking about cards being card games being undefeated. Yeah, man, like Yu-Gi-Oh! I think was the uh, effectively like took my interest from Pokemon for a while. There. Yeah, well, probably because like, I was getting yeah. the cards. Like that was like the shit in element or uh, in like middle school when I was mm-hmm. in middle school. And so you had to go get the starter deck, you know, had to get some booster packs, see if you couldn't get some, uh, some Some, good shit. Some
1: rares. Yeah, totally. And,
0: uh, I got the, uh, I remember I had the, I got the Yugi, uh, starter deck as Mm -hmm. a present. Oh, that's cool. And then, um, my friend got two of the, uh, Kaiba ones.
1: Oh, nice. And so he gave
0: me a, a, uh, blue eyes, white dragon.
1: Oh, that's nice. And so I had some like cool
0: shit. It was before we knew about the, the triple headed one,
1: Mm. I think.
0: And so he was probably pretty dumb for doing that, but <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know.
1: Yeah, I I mean, it was middle school for me too, like with Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff. Um, and I I tried to play it, but I didn't really super get into it. Yeah. The art is also like really weird. The art is super weird. It's it just feels like whatever someone felt like drawing that day, and they're going to build a card around it. Like uh, I used to work at Vintage Stock until very recently, and uh, I mean, just kind of, the, I would always have to like shelve those cards all the time. Like, the and you're loose like, ones. what the hell's going on? Like this, <laughs> there's literally like Doge, like the meme dog yeah. Shiba. There's a Sheba card. It's literally just drawing that dog, and it's like just just very strange strange choices but i mean seems people fucking love it man still to this day
0: no yeah fucks with it for sure and like i never played the game right i'll have to put that caveat in because like in the show you watch it and they're like you know to summon a seven star monster you have to sacrifice two lower star monsters and we would just go balls out like here's a blue eyes like yeah
1: totally (laughs)
0: <laughs> we didn't yeah. do any of that ritual shit, like, right?
1: Well, and then also the show, like if you ever watched Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged or any of those abridged series, because I watched the fuck. I did not know they did
0: Abridged, a, a yeah. I watched Dragon Ball Z Abridged,
1: yeah. So the guys that made DBZ Abridged, Team Four Star. Mm-hmm. So Wing Little Little Kuribo, Little Wing Kuribo. I can't remember the username. Yeah, the he little- started with Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge. Yeah. Um, and it's really fucking good.
0: That's insane. Yeah.
1: It's, and it is perfect. It really, <laughs> I mean, you just don't have to ever watch it like in its long form ever again. And they, they actually actively make fun of, cause the writers like actually knew the rules of Yu-Gi-Oh! So they would make fun of the fact that all of the characters would break all the rules all the time. All the time. I it's know. Like, it's like, I'm going to break all the rules and some three monsters in one turn. Ha! yu It's That's
0: fucking bullshit. And you're just like, what?
1: Enrage. This is bunk.
0: Like, yeah, you guys exactly. are going against your own rules. Like, Exactly. What, what's going on here? No, nah, that oh. is so funny, man. Freaking Yu-Gi-Oh. And I remember uh, adults not knowing how to say it. Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, fucking, it's Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon, not Pokemans. They used to drive <laughs> me crazy. I'm like, fucking adults. <laughs> but now, like, I've realized, like, with my nephew, the stuff that he likes, i like, trying to, like, make an effort and like be fucking it up and i'm like i've become what i hate the most in life
1: yeah i'm an adult and, 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 that doesn't
0: know what the kids are into
1: the that child whatever he's into vines or whatever the kids are into these days Those whippersnappers those whippersnappers he'll be doing the same kicking the can down the road <laughs> with his future nephews or children or whatever
0: he uh yeah, he's super big in like Fortnite right now
1: Oh, my God. I didn't know that was such a huge
0: thing. Me neither. I don't thing. really play video like, games, I, so.
1: Yeah. Well, because the gist I've gotten, and from what I understand, it's, like, basically, like, Team Fortress 2, but, like, more modernized, and there's actually, like, I mean, of course, and we have like Overwatch and stuff. So it's like that, that team building casual shooter is like everywhere. Right. Yeah. But like, I feel like Fortnite at least has a lot more of the camp. That's like fun in TF2 and has female playable characters, which is not in TF2. Um, but I actually saw a sign for the teachers protest because Oklahoma is having this big teacher. Oh, yeah, I right saw now. that sign. The, yeah. The one about Mary Fallon. Would hide in the bushes in Fortnite. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I know. That I'm even like, oh mean? no, I'm out of touch. I am so I don't know
0: the reference.
1: Old. And then, like, I just, like, scroll down, scroll down. And then people made comparisons to Halo and camping. I'm like, okay, okay, cool. I have an anchor. I know what this is about now. Okay, <laughs> cool,
0: cool, cool, cool. I'm in the ballpark now. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> My God, that is so funny. Like, yeah, he's super into it too. So I'm like, yeah, dude, it's cool. And, like, it's funny because everybody. It's kind of the thing that every generation does for the next generation. You know what I mean? Like our parents or people that were older when we were kids were always shitting on the stuff that we like. And now, like I always said growing up, like, man, you guys just don't get it. Yeah. And now I'm an adult and I'm like trying not to shit on the stuff that he likes, but I'm just like, this is just so dumb. Like, yeah. A lot of it is, and I'm sure there's, I mean, there's a ton of adults to play Fortnite and what I like, shout out to Fortnite, but just not, nothing, not that specifically maybe, but like some of the other things, yeah. um,
1: Fidget spinners. this is a,
0: well, this is a good segue actually, because, oh, great. <laughs> uh, Teen Titans Go, like, oh
1: my God, thank you for bringing that up. It's really nowhere upset.
0: near the level of Teen Titans.
1: Why, why, uh, why, why? blessed universe why like that doesn't make because yeah huge teen titans fan i shipped robin and raven because i was a rebel and i like <laughs> i thought that was really hot as like a teen like, a like yeah, queen. Th- <laughs> i was like yeah like, go for her yeah go for her.
0: that stupid starfire <laughs>
1: Starfire because starfire looked like every fucking popular girl in my wow. high school <laughs> you know it's just like but but yeah that show oh it blew my mind it was so good it was so good and just the fact that I also I don't like that. It's not even just like I haven't seen the show, but like I can't even get around the animation style being so ugly like that. I, I can't even describe it's what like it Funko is. Funko Pops. Oh, my God. It's Funko Pops the show yeah that's exactly <laughs> what it looks like it looks like animated Funko Pops it really is that's just the first like thing I thought hard when I it's home stylized like no shit's given and all it doesn't look hand-drawn it looks like all just generated by computers um it kind of yeah there's there's like a bunch of shows like just the I don't know the amazing world of Gumball, kind of re- like that oh, kind yeah. of style, which I haven't seen Gumball, and it seems like a fine show, but like there's Just something from seeing about the previews, yeah. there's something about like it looking hand drawn, like ah guys, <laughs> and it's also like making it dumb too. I heard it's like really dumb. I haven't yeah, watched I watched it.
0: um, I watched some with him, and I do I remember seeing some clips. I remember they did a song with Beast Boy. Um, where he sung a song, and it was actually not a bad song. So I was like, hey, this is, it kind of sounds like Big Sean, if you know who that is. Nope. I'm a rapper, but. Gotcha. The song kind of sounded like a song that maybe Big Sean would do. So okay. I think that's probably kind of why I like that, like, one part. But then it was funny because, like, the everything else around the episode, I was like, this is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the one thing was, like, Ugh. music that I was like, oh, this is all right. Man. This is redeemable.
1: That's... I I feel insulted every time I think about it. Like
0: <laughs> personally attacked. Personally
1: attacked. <laughs> exactly.
0: No, we talk about. Um, I mean, we haven't specifically really spoken about Teen Titans on the show before, but there's very much the idea of American anime. I think. Totally. And I think Teen Titans fits into that. To the you know to the T. Yeah.
1: the T. Yeah. It's
0: their house. Too. Yeah.
1: Well, I, and <laughs> it's. The- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just riding the rest of that joke the entire <laughs> way. There. Um but yeah, I don't know um why people get really it feels like the butthurt can get pretty real about about like calling things anime that don't deserve it or whatever. But yeah, I, feel I, like, I feel like I feel like Teen Titans and Avatar are both really excellent examples I think you're exactly of right. like it's Japanese stylized animation. There's and the a heavy sh- influence. And, and you want to say Japanese style and anim- stylized animation, or do you want to say anime? Because that's like really shorter <laughs> than yeah, saying true. that trippy phrase. You yeah, know, I think
0: those two, like, I think teen Titans, I think, um, uh, Avatar and, uh, Justice League.
1: Yeah. I the, the, oh that yeah. Cartoon. Justice League totally also looks like that. Um,
0: and then Legend uh, of Korra, of course, with, of course avatar that comes up every time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've actually not seen a wit of legend of Korra, yeah. even well, though I, I really either. like avatar. I know enough
0: to know the reference.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but I actually remember it, it's so weird. You just tune into Nickelodeon and you don't think it's going to be in a, spe- a very special day. I remember watching the avatar premiere
0: and you're like, Whoa, yeah. I fuck with that.
1: Wow. I, I was mind blown. Bike. I think seriously
0: I think that's a lot of people's experience too because you know I, in a way like Cartoon Network kind of had that a uh, a monopoly of like the anime like if I'm watching anime You're
1: on that's Cartoon, Cartoon, Network. Cartoon Network like yeah. that's
0: the the they've conditioned us that way like growing mm-hmm. up just like you knew that it was on that station but Nickelodeon like even like the time slot that Avatar was in like I caught it a couple times but I never got invested
1: yeah but the time slot it was in it was
0: like it was like before but ugly Martians and then after like fairly odd parents or something so like the shows around it are just like nowhere like near Uh, what any like any of the themes any of the animation like Mm -mm. Avatar is just like on another level.
1: Totally. And it's because it's so interesting because Cartoon Network always had that really great knack for programming. Like their programming blocks, their programmers are excellent. And they like really like throughout the day, they kind of transition. I mean, of course, with the little kids stuff, but they transition into, you know, that more tsunami getting close to Adult Swim where it's like. Um, in the afternoons on, and this is after the time of Maguzi, but you'd have like adventure time and regular show, which are actually really good adult feeling cartoons. Like basically regular show is I a sick I love regular I show. I
0: love, oh, wah, wah. sorry,
1: microphone. <laughs> I love regular. So, so much it is. I, I don't know. It's just charming. It's like Seinfeld, but there's a guy that's a bubblegum <laughs> machine. It's literally about nothing. <laughs> Um, Pops, man. Yeah. Pops drives
0: me crazy. Yeah. Oh, I haven't and watched then, it in a uh, few years. What's the what's the uh, boss's name that you're just talking about? The uh, gumball machine?
1: I can't remember It's based on it. Yeah, totally. Benson. Yes. That's
0: it. And yeah. then Rig Bones.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mordecai and <Rigby. laughs> I love that show. Yeah, it's, it's a so great good. show. Um but Car- I I feel like Nickelodeon never really they really wanted to push their teens and like young, like tweens into more of watching the teen Nick stuff. And they never, I never felt like they really tried with n- like older Nickelodeon cartoons. No. Cause you're right about that time slot, that time slot. Cause I remember watching it because it was literally at like 4 PM because it was after school And it was still on uh, You Pick Live, which that's also where it was programmed. Like, all of those things, those variables. It's, like, really setting it up to, like, only be accessible by a certain audience. Uh, Thank God that it rose very high beyond that, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: It came... It went into cult status, for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But, yeah, it was... I don't know. Like, we... I don't think we shit on Nickelodeon by any means, but... It's just it wasn't putting out at the time what Cartoon Network was putting out, like
1: for sure, definitely and not.
0: There's still good shows on Nickelodeon. I mean, there's classics on there. Doug. Um, there was a show on there called Kablam that I was a real big yeah. fan of. Um, but just as far as like in the anime realm, like
1: Mm-mm. Cartoon Network
0: had that shit on lock. Yeah. And then on Saturday night, you'd get like Inuyasha. You'd get Cowboy Bebop. Yeah,
1: like the 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 bunch dank of good shit. shit. Yeah.
0: And then uh, Knights of the Zodiac, the one that no one ever knows about.
1: What the fuck is that? Yeah, I that know. sounds amazing. I know.
0: It was a, uh, it was kind of like a Power Rangers type show, but it was like animated. But I think in Japan it's called Saint Seiya. But it's, um, you know, essentially like that Monster of the Week type thing. And every character was like a different, like a, you know, theme of the Zodiac. So it was like a Pegasus guy. There's was like a a bull guy. Like there's all That's kind amazing. of uh, kinds of different characters like that. And it's Fruit just like following them.
1: meets power Rangers.
0: I mean, it's pretty cool. That's like amazing. And so I always just, you know, reference that one because it, it was one that I almost felt like it was like the Mandela effect or something like Did This actually, was this ever actually a thing? Have you like, actually
1: talked to someone on the show that can confirm that yeah. it was a thing? Okay, great. I'm happy
0: one for you. after, one. after all these guests, I think like one, maybe two, maybe two people, but definitely one. They're like, yeah, I've seen that. And I was like, holy shit. Like, thank God. That's
1: very validating.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was really good. And then like the intro like killed because it was a bowling for soup.
1: What the fuck? But
0: they did a cover of A Flock of Seagulls, I ran, And so it was so good. Like it was the intro. I'm just
1: trying to imagine this (laughs) in my head. And it really is making my mind explode kind of.
0: It was like, oh man, it was, it had everything like, and Bowling for Soup was huge at that time. I know.
1: That's why I was so surprised.
0: And so it's like, shit. But yeah, it was good. And it's just funny. Like I talk about it all the time and (laughs) like no one ever remembers it. And so it's hilarious to me. I'm like, how did this happen? Wow. But. You know, people have that all the time where they think they just like made something up. Totally. Um, one show that I did wanted to ask you about, I I wanted to ask you about. Yeehaw. Um, uh. I actually haven't heard of this show and I purposefully didn't check it out or anything because I wanted you to kind of give me my, like my intro to it.
1: Totally. And so
0: Wedding Peach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's all my fucking...
0: I, uh, <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> And so you could tell me, you can enlighten me as oh to why man. I should watch that show or why so it's good.
1: Wedding peach. <laughs> okay. So in high school, my friend and I, uh, my best friend and I, and in, in high school got together, like we got really into anime and like that. I've only been to one anime convention. And it was when I was in high school with her and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know where she got this poster, but she got she got a wedding peach poster from like, I don't know if it was Super Cow or something just like from a store and had no idea what the show is about. And because it's all it is is like on the the poster of the show, it's like three like women, you know, like anime, like 90s type chicks wearing like things that look like wedding dresses slash bridal gowns slash bridesmaid dresses. And, um, and we like wedding peach. That looks really interesting. And then on a whim for her birthday one year, I went on the Funimation website and I bought her the first volume of wedding. peach. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because it was super cheap because it's super bad. Oh no. <laughs> it's, it's a sailor moon ripoff, oh, like magical okay. girl anime for sure. Um, except it is wedding themed.
0: The entire show
1: is yes. So our like, like are you character from like sailor moon? She is like the bride and she, I can't remember what she cries to transform, but she cries a phrase and then she turns into, I
0: do. That's what it is. Yeah, I do. Something
1: like that. <laughs> um, into this wedding gown, and then uh, then her friends are her bridesmaids, and uh, yeah, they do their like cry and they do the bridesmaid thing. And again, it's Monster of the Week nineties magical girl anime, um, but it's like it's wedding themed, <laughs> and so I'm trying to remember because one of my one of my favorite hobbies in watching anime is like paying attention to the subtitles for the original songs, um, whenever they're singing them. And like, sometimes the translations are super clunky since they don't have to match them. Oh yeah.
0: It doesn't. Yeah. And
1: I just remember particularly the wedding peach intro theme had some of the most ridiculous phrases in it. And I wish I could remember some for the life of me, but please wedding peach. (laughs) It is, it's some, it's, it's It's something stuff
0: it's something it
1: is it's uh it's quite hilarious
0: well, we might have to have a wedding peach panel then Oh
1: my God. Well, I've been, <laughs> magical I've been, girl panel would be I've really been, fun i've been thinking Do about doing like a
0: like a real bad like watching a real bad show
1: mm. like all of
0: us and then like uh roasted
1: the fuck out yeah of it. just like yeah. talking
0: about it after like what the fuck did we watch? Well, yeah
1: and it's also i mean it's it also kind of centers around like the whole like I mean, one thing I love about magical girl anime to this day, it's like girl power, but then like some of the bad tropes about magical girl anime is there's usually that kind of tuxedo mask character archetype where there's like, there's gotta be some guy we get really upset about or obsessed with or whatever. But then like wedding peach takes it to a new level because it's like the main character is literally a bride when she fights and then like, she still likes this guy and it's, yeah. It's, it's
0: just like one of the main storylines. It's just,
1: yes, it's ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. Ugh. In the best way. <laughs>
0: God. In like
1: a, a mystery science theater type of way, how you uh, can enjoy something.
0: I might have to watch an episode or two.
1: <laughs> you God. should.
0: You should. It sounds real bad. It though. does. It, it is.
1: Uh, and it's got the the highlights of really like some of the worst aspects of 90s bad anime too so like i don't know just like if i can remember correctly like they do go they lean into like really angular stuff and i can't remember if the eye like there's a certain eye design and just it just makes it all look kind of bad you know and yep.
0: Well, I'm gonna watch it just because it sounds real bad.
1: Oh my god! I remember. Okay, one thing about the main male protagonist he he's got like one of those little '90s like necklaces, like like, a shell necklace. Not a puka, not a puka. Okay, I was gonna say what the fuck Abercrombie. (laughs) Not not that far, but it's like just like you know how like in the '90s men would wear that kind of boy meets world haircut, that's kind of like parted down the middle, and then like like a white shirt. And then like a little gold chain. He definitely wore that outfit.
0: Little Sean Hunter joint. Yes. Shit. That sounds insane though. What a funny thing. And that's the thing that I talk about with, you know, when I have my guests on, it's like the fun thing about anime is that there's literally a show about everything. Yeah. And there's like a show, there's something for everyone too. And so it's just, you know, it's one of the things that we talk about is that it was low-key, like, not the cool thing to be into back in the day. But now, like, you see articles where it's, like, Michael B. Jordan is super in anime. Kim Kardashian, here's my favorite anime. Like, yeah. what the fuck? You watch anime? Like, that's yeah. insane.
1: It's like reading that, you know, Vin Diesel plays D&D. You know, yeah. like that kind of thing. Well family. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wolf Initiatives.
1: That's actually a really good Vin Diesel impression. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I don't know. I've not seen. I don't
0: know. That's how I imagine he sounds.
1: Yeah. Well, it sounds good compared to like my no knowledge of Vin Diesel. Size I don't know anything TV. about
0: that, but that sounds great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I believe- <laughs> It's because it had a heart. I believed it.
0: Oh, uh, there you go.
1: In the heart of the cards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle with the Yu-Gi-Oh! There you we go. <laughs> um got it. La- one of the other shows. Oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, that I wanted to ask you about was one that has come up before, maybe in the last episode. I was trying to, I was just trying to think of who mentioned this, but, uh, and I always have a hard time saying it. now, Oren High School Host Club. Yeah. How do you say that?
1: I always say Oren. That's but, how I've said it. I think the last time. But I think it's because I'm a, a slightly hickish, right? Oran. Yeah. And I kind of s- say it really fast <laughs> so no one can orin. be like, hey, now, you said Oran wrong or orin. I used to Oran. In, in high school, I think I used to say our uran or, or something like that. But I I don't know. Something I always about, felt really super conflicted about it. So I just leaned into saying it super fast.
0: There's so something I, about the words that have like the U-R, like rural yeah. I have the hardest time or with the that word. Rural
1: juror rural. from <laughs> <Dirty Rock.
0: laughs> fact, like I'm like a dog trying to do a dog impression, like barking. Rural. <laughs> no, but what's like the whole uh, premise behind that show? Like what's like the vibe behind that show? Okay,
1: so it is super like shoujo, like it. It is that, but it is satirical about it. And that's like my favorite Uh, thing. It's smart. It's very meta.
0: I love that. That's like one of the things about shows where I'm like, okay, you at least know that you're doing the shit. So this is funny.
1: And it's, and it's not even, it even goes further beyond just like leaning into the tropes, because basically the premise is, and I'm, this is the first episode. So if you've literally read anything about this online, it'll come as no surprise. I'm still surprised that people (laughs) are surprised by this fact. Um, so we start off with a protagonist who goes, um, into the study room at this really wealthy private school. Um, they're a, you know, scholarship student. And, um, Haruhi, our protagonist walks in and is greeted by a host club, which a host club is like basically boys or girls will go on like fake dates with you and like make you feel like special and stuff, but you're like paying them. So it's kind of like an escort service without the sex. So there's this high school though, that they're so wealthy and rich that they can indulge in each other's company like that. And every single guy in the host club is a different, like a different Anime, manga type of stereotype. So you have the strong and silent type, the boy Lolita type, oh, yeah. the prince type, the cool glasses character type, blah, blah, blah. So you have all these stereotypes that people like, all the girls in this academy yeah. will date. And then, so um, through mistaken identity, uh, our Haruhi joins the host club and becomes a host. But the problem is, Haruhi's actually a girl. Yeah. She's the man type shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's very much, like, gender-bending, like, hilarity because she she was introduced... She didn't have money, so she wasn't wearing a girl's uniform, which is, like, this b- ridiculous big yellow dress. So she didn't have money for a uniform, and she was poor, so she just wore this schlubby, like, guy-looking uniform. And then her hair was really short, and everyone just thought she was a guy. Her voice was low enough, whatever. And then she becomes a host to pay off, like... This, this debt subplot. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> but then, so she's having to, like, she's flirting with all these girls, and there's, like, all this stuff about, oh, we can't let Haruhi's secret out while all the members of the host club are falling in love with her or whatever. And so it's, so it's very much, like, you know, whenever anime there's, like, little boxes appear and, like, the emote-type stuff where it's, like, rolling behind them in the Japanese characters. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really... Uh, like a lot of that's really prominent, and then also characters will interact with those like little architectural stuff in the in the anime as well. But whenever it gets like. So they're always making fun of that exploding into roses, like the welcome, you know, and there's like this rose petals and oh, yeah. it's oh, like o- super o- extra. over the top. Yeah. So they're making fun of that. But then whenever it gets like genuine and sweet, like, and when it's like heartfelt, it's like, oh man, this is just like really, really <laughs> <getting> good. <laughs> you know, like there are just some episodes that just really get you, um, but it's just quite. It's quite charming. And then there's this subplot, like way later in the the series, um, that uh, these women from an all-girls school um, come that, and they're kind of similar to the host club a little bit, uh, but they're like performing arts types, but they're like their entire g- girl school is gay for them, and oh. it's hilarious because immediately they all pick out that Haruhi's a girl out of the lineup, and they're like trying to romance her away from so it's like really funny because it's like, you know, he looks like a boy and then you have all these girls romancing her and the boys are also romancing her it's just ridiculous, Dang. it's just so silly but it's so good that
0: sounds like
1: it's a lot of fun really
0: different though it's yeah. like you're saying it, it kind of has like some of those tropes and it's almost self-referential and like making fun of those yeah But just like that show as a premise is like, I don't know if I've seen that before. Like it's like super different. It's
1: a reverse harem. I mean, technically. Yeah.
0: Yeah, But like the whole like tie in with her being like actually a man, like,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. Like everyone thinks that she's a guy and they have to like protect her identity. And then it's, you know, people. Yeah. It just, it's, it's super fun. Like our main, like our Prince character is like falling in love with her as he's, you know, trying to, be his princely self, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a lot of campy, ridiculous fun. It's great.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's like, you know, I mentioned it earlier. It's kind of the cool thing about anime is that there's literally so many things Totally. that there's something for everyone. Yeah. But like I said earlier, it's kind of like, you know, low key, it's like the thing that wasn't cool back in the day. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like my, um, my impression of it because you know the things that go hand in hand for me are the anime and the music because like back in the day like you would get shit on as well for like in like a different band or a band that wasn't super popular or a band that people thought were was like dumb or something so those are like the two things that i always thought like you would get ostracized for yeah and so that's kind of the vibe behind the show but it's it's funny to see like you know all these things that you like and then As diverse as those are, like, your taste in music is just as diverse. Yeah. And so, you know, you're from, like, film soundtracks to, like, John Denver. Like... (laughs) That's crazy. That's
1: actually a really good, <laughs> good, way to, good way to describe that, honestly.
0: But yeah, I kind of wanted to ask you about that. Was that just, you know, a product of, you know, a lot of my guests, they're like, you know, it was just something was always on, like my parents listened to it, or mm-hmm. was it just mostly shit that you found? Like, how yeah. did you kind of like mold that and like figure out shit that you liked?
1: Yeah. Well, um, that's that's actually a really excellent question because, so my father's a music professor, and because of that it was it was like basically going to be if it wasn't NPR it was going to be opera or John Denver <laughs> oh like man. just on what? like yeah
0: opera or John Denver yeah, that's my a father spectrum right there loves
1: John Denver so much
0: sunshine on my goddamn shoulder oh my john God. denver
1: Sorry. I just, I can hear my dad playing sunshine on my shoulders and like, I'm getting a little misty just thinking about (laughs) it. My, like there are songs that if my dad pulls out his guitar and he starts playing literally the first three chords, I will burst into tears. It's the automatic, it's the automatic right in the fields. Yeah. Um, that, that one sunshine on my shoulders and I'm leaving on a jet plane. Oh
0: yeah. That's just classic
1: though they're so good but it just punches you right right in the heart right
0: in the feels right in the feels well it's because stuff like that is so tied to like you hear the song and you're like man i remember like i hear if i hear phil collins i'm like man i think of my mom like cleaning like real early on saturday morning and if i hear like phil collins or like scorpion or some shit like that i'm like fuck we're gonna be cleaning all day like <laughs> i already amazing. know and so i was like shit and so like now I think about it all the time. I'm like, Oh man, this is so funny that that was so tied to a memory for me. So I don't know if you kind of have yeah. like that same kind of thing going on there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, because of that, I still really love, um, I still really love John Denver, uh, quite a lot. And, um, anytime he would, he would play any of the stuff it's mostly because like my dad like i mean music professor he can play instruments some you know not like you know to the point where he's like teaching guitar but you can play them and um so yeah he he actually did some like local small charity tribute concerts like where he like would put a wig on and like play john denver songs (laughs) that sounds so dope yeah he is, I don't know why my dad likes John Denver actually. Um, <laughs> he likes
0: sitting thinking about it. Now yeah, that I think about it, I don't know why. why. <laughs> um,
1: but between like John Denver and yeah, just like some just random classical stuff like that. Um, I still love to this day. I love basically all Gilbert and Sullivan operettas. They're incredible. So like pirates and Penzance, my dad was in like a few times in his career and, um, but they're just uh, some really great, good opera. And it's again, it's like it's very comedic and light. So it's it operettas are like fun and kind of silly. So it's Gilbert and Sullivan. It's yeah. super Silly. But
0: <laughs> well, it's definitely like there's definitely I think with people our age, the tie to the classical music, not even that, just outside of like maybe our parents listening to it. But I grew up watching like Looney Tunes and like totally. that type of shit. And they literally did like the Barber of Seville exactly. like with the, mm-hmm. with the Bugs mm-hmm. and like a lot of Tchaikovsky, which yep. I'm like a huge fan of Tchaikovsky and I didn't yeah. even know. I'm like why do I like this shit? And I'm like, oh, that's like the song that Pepe Le Pew heard every time he saw a pretty skunk yeah. or cat or something. Totally. And so it's just funny like those, you know, the Romeo and Juliet overture yep. and um, uh, was it March of the Sugar Plum? Like that, yeah. that's Dance Tchaikovsky too. That's fairies. what it is. Yeah like those things are Light like people like we know those songs we just don't know like maybe it's a classical composer or w- obviously it's a classical composer but we may not know them by name or anything yeah. but <laughs> you watch it and you're like are you here and you're like oh shit that was on looney tunes <laughs> like i remember yeah. that yeah
1: and that's actually i think that's one of the most powerful things about you know that program those cartoons specifically i mean they were just using it because it didn't they didn't have to pay money for it and they didn't have to pay someone to compose it but yeah it's like
0: um what is that the it's Uh, like free yeah what is that called man i
1: really just forgot the word for it sorry guys (laughs) nah i
0: forgot to use shit um but yeah those things are so like easy to recall for me and i'm just like Mm -hmm. this isn't this is so funny whenever someone else shares that same kind of vibe with me i'm like oh okay cool like you kind of feel like it actually has like some weight to it you're Mm -hmm. like okay i didn't just like put like my spin on that like other people think that too Mm -hmm. and so that's really cool uh one of the other bands was uh we talked about nickelodeon earlier you said you're watching nick at night that's how you heard about the cars
1: yeah like that is
0: so funny to me because i think i remember that commercial
1: do you remember so because that com- specifically that commercial uh it's hello again and in the middle of it when uh rick osak he's like oh, there's a wahoo it's when fresh prince like he and carlton are like they like flip their head over yeah and then like they stand back up and they're like dancing and th- i mean that has stuck with me I mean, iconic that was- yeah okay, iconic <laughs> i guess um, this this very specific nick at night commercial um but yeah i i remember i don't know like again because sixth grade i mean the internet was around but kind of a sort of how did i even learn like you know now you take up your phone and you like say hey siri what's that song you hold it up to yeah, the speaker exactly. and it's like how the fuck did i like learn what this who did this band yeah back in the day <laughs> Um, but apparently I learned it and then I got my parent or guard and or guardian, uh, to order, (laughs) Oh, the
0: commercials you say, I was like, what Uh,
1: to order the greatest hits that had hello again on it. And,
0: uh, one of those compilation tapes. Yeah. I remember them shits like here and now I promise to love you. (laughs) I remember seeing those like infomercials, like. Oh man, they had all kinds of like different genres and everything. Yeah. So you got that off of like yeah, one of those. So I got
1: it. Not, I don't, I can't even remember what I, where I got it from, but yeah, it was their greatest hits. It might have been, oh fuck, now this is going to make you feel super old. It might have <laughs> been The Borders and Norman, because remember in the back oh with the CDs, you can put on the headphones. You could put the headphones oh, on. Oh, you hit the button and then could, it does the preview. The preview. Holy shit. So I think shit. that's actually where. I think that is exactly where I got that CD. Was I, I guess I figured out what band it was and because, you know, the internet wasn't super like a thing really easy yeah. to order no, you're stuff right. on. Yeah, just that's what I had to do. Sixth grade. Hey, you, know?
0: you live in that struggle life. You got to do what you can.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: Holy yeah. shit. What the freaking. I remember that. It was like my favorite part of going to Walmart.
1: Yeah. Went to my
0: mom because I could hit like the little thing and listen to the.
1: What a for some reason the headphone time. thing
0: was always right by the candles for whatever reason? So <laughs> I was always was. like, What the fuck like, it's so yeah, weird. you get your CD and your candles here, yeah.
1: It's just like, what well, real- am I taking a bath? Yeah, you might be wanting to wine and dine your <laughs> lady to some like Led Zeppelin or whatever. I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh, one of the other interesting things that you put here, like referenced here, was um, uh, something I never heard of before cool. until uh. It was my first episode and I uh, had a guy, Mike Allen on. He's a local artist. I don't know if you know him, but he uh, talked about Vaporwave. And I was like, what yes. is that? And so it's so interesting to find someone else that is like into Vaporwave. Because he told me about it and tried to explain it. And I still couldn't tell you what it is. Yeah. So how'd you get into that?
1: Um. So Vaporwave is fairly recent for me in terms of like my interests um how do you describe vaporwave vaporwave you know how right now we're kind of having this modern day obsession with like mid to early 90s is that okay yeah okay (laughs) i'll just back it up a second we're having this early, this obsession with mid to early 90s, just, like, technology and aesthetics. Everything's just, like, at least in, like, some subcultures, it's, like, you like the chunky stuff, like the chunky white plastic computers, and you got your tape deck and your Walkman and blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of got this weird nostalgic bent to it, and it all feels really kind of, it's, like, synthy and dreamy, uh, one of the most prominent like artists in that is like Macintosh plus, um, who I'll show you some album art, but it's like lots of past, like all the, if, cause there's like vaporwave inspired art art too. It's all like, it's like pastels. collages and right. Yeah. It's like a lot of collages, pastels, yeah. like, uh, Mike showed me some stuff. yeah, totally. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, <laughs> um, so it's it, it, like, it takes it and it makes it more, I don't know like serene and more, uh, it's like, it's like if synth pop was dreamier, cause I really like synth pop too. And that's why I like vaporwave. It's like, it's like dreamier and it definitely has a lot of repetition to it. You know? um, And people frequently, um, some vaporwave artists will remix like existing properties, like take a line out of Friends, and they'll like stretch it out, or they'll like, I mean, they'll. It's obviously just you know that's nothing new, like clipping stuff and putting in into stuff, but uh, but you just manipulating any of the sounds at your disposal, especially stuff from that kind of '90s era. And then putting it within your music again. I don't feel like I've described this any better than probably that. Hey, guest he
0: did. is like one of the most articulate people I know. And you are too. And so he explained it and I still couldn't tell you what it is. Yeah. You explained I would, it. I know I really a little bit better.
1: A, <laughs> I'll give, give that his definition a listen because it's hard to describe musically because it like, like okay. Okay. I think I got it because it all feels like it's already been done before because it has, it is like kind of like a genre that drives itself on feeling nostalgic. And that's oh, like really like, okay. if you could listen to nostalgia, that's what vaporwave is. Oh
0: yeah. Okay. okay. Wow. That's what a good is. description.
1: Fuck. Yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> Take <that. laughs> Sorry. Take that Mike. <laughs> so, uh, in like, you know, the band <laughs> washed out,
0: I don't think I heard um, of them. Okay,
1: you know the Portlandia theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's Washed Out.
0: Oh, okay, so okay. I do know them. So
1: <laughs> yeah, that, and that's like a lot of people discover. I mean, I discover Washed Out through the Portlandia theme. I'm like, I like this band because they did this thing. Okay, but they—that's what a lot of vaporwave can't sound like too. So just like. It's all really... uh, I think Beach House kind of sounds like that, too, where it's, like, a little... It's, like, really super dreamy, and it has, like, those really great rhythms and everything. But Vaporwave really... The fuel behind Vaporwave is nostalgia Um, to the point where one of my favorite vaporwave artists please look this guy up his name is Dankmus. holy shit he gets more into shit posting where's the fine line between vaporwave and shit posting um it's not like purely vaporwave but Dankmus, and that's d-a-n-k-m-u-s he does uh vaporwave simpsons what remixes that's crazy um so you know like steamed hams he's done steamed hams uh like like just any type of clip you can imagine sampled from the simpsons has <laughs> been made into a yeah. song by this guy like, He's like need more boring. song yeah. ever yeah so there there <laughs> <laughs> there's some really great stuff uh like and honestly listening to dankmes got me into watching the simpsons which i wasn't allowed to watch when i was a kid cuz my parents were like weird it's been a common
0: theme don't worry it's yeah. been a common theme
1: yeah, Oklahomans. Your kids aren't allowed to watch The Simpsons because <laughs> they don't respect their elders and whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, there's some <laughs> there's some really some dank <laughs> shit. I mean, his name is Dankmas, After that all, that
0: is so funny. So.
1: Simpsons. I, I think he calls it Simpsons Wave.
0: Oh, <laughs> s- so he's like he has it's like his own a moniker for it. His
1: own little psycho genre. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: well, it's just so like it's funny that you mentioned it because. Up until, like, Mike mentioned it, I never even knew that was a thing. And it's so cool that, like, you know, we're all here in the city and we all kind of like different shit, but there's a lot of crossover with a lot of us. Like, we all do different things, but you know, at the end of the day, we sit down, we start talking about the stuff that we like, and we see so much overlap.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's so cool to me. I'm like, that is awesome.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and I don't want to be in just like a room full of people that think and act and like the same stuff as I do. I mean, heck, if I wanted that, I'd just get on Facebook. Ho, oh, topical political <laughs> commentary, <laughs> whatever. But you know, it's just like, it's nice being able to like bring up differences and, and and it almost like makes the similarities and the crossovers and like the things you have in common with someone more sweet whenever it's like, yeah, I have this totally different background from you, but we both watch whatever it was or listen to this really obscure internet band, you know? And, uh, so, and, but like then, because they like additional things that aren't what, you know, they might be able to recommend stuff that you've never heard of because you like this similar thing. And (laughs) yeah.
0: Well, I think it's just, It's really cool. And I don't know if you can quite place it, but I don't know if you know if you can think of something specifically like, you know, tying back to the city and everything going on. Mm -hmm. Is there something specifically that you can tap as like kind of what keeps you here and what kind of endears Oklahoma City to you? Is it kind of just that? mix of like different sh- people like in different shit or is it just yeah is it, has it just always been home to you or what
1: yeah um I wasn't born here at heck I wasn't even I'm not even from Oklahoma City oh really um, like I grew up in Chickasha so it's like not okay. too far away no. um go but, see
0: I go see the lights there don't yeah
1: worry. we we all go see the lights and <laughs> eat at uh you know barbecue place or whatever and uh but yeah it's so I mean I do have some family connections here but I don't really particularly have to stay um i honestly really just stay because i i like the people a lot um I, you know we're starting to get really cool stuff like the tower theater in which we're sitting in right now and like we're gonna get an alamo draft house which is like my third so dream come true you know so dope so we're starting to get like really cool amenities that would make us you know make us like a hot city or whatever um but it's like the people and like the people are so good with, you know, the cost of living being so accessible, you know, (laughs) um, you can still do cool stuff as long as it's not like too much after 10 o'clock on a weeknight. And, uh, (laughs) which drives me nuts. It's like, it's like, man, I'm hungry. And I have this like very specific diet right now. It's like, what can I eat if it's after 10? Nothing. Okay. I'll just have a glass of water. Okay. I'll (laughs) have a glass of water or maybe I'll just like fry up the rest of the bacon and just eat the entire pack. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it's just like the people, um, and the fact that like, and it's also another thing that keeps me here. And I've talked to some friends that live in like Austin and like quote cool places. Um, it feels easier to get into whatever scene you're trying to get into here as opposed to other places. Like I've I've heard that it's like hard to crack into some of those really tight knit communities. Um, like, especially like if you go to LA or Chicago or New York or something like that, you know, like that's like these artist hubs or whatever. It just takes forever. Like, I mean, of course you crack it, you're good, but I mean if here <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If you can make it because the cost of living is so exorbitant and everything. But like here it's like you everyone's super welcoming, like um, and they want you to be your best self. I feel like I feel like everyone's really genuine here. Um and, you know, you can meet some people and start like some new collaborations or artistic efforts. And it just doesn't take a lot to get started. Doing oh, yeah, that definitely. Stuff here, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, there's always something new popping up. So it's really cool. Like, yeah, whenever he got the screen here, we, you know, started doing movies. And then Stephen's like, hey, why don't we do like anime movies and you can host and, the, you know, like all the other people, like yeah. people that do podcasts or people that, like plugged in here at the tower. They're like being included and like, yeah you know being allowed to do do like cool shit and it's like this is so dope like yeah this is awesome but i like i don't mean stephen to go way super far back but it's just like cool that you know he knew i was like doing shit and you know i started doing this podcast and he knew that i was here so then whenever it was just like a natural thing that you know i want to do anime oh shit there's a guy that does a podcast about anime like why don't you come talk about this shit And we'll watch these movies. Like
1: it's amazing. It's super dope.
0: Like it's so awesome.
1: Yeah. It's just really like here more so than anywhere of, you know, I haven't lived very many other places, but like, especially with my friends that have lived a lot of other places, it's like get started doing your dream thing and just like do it. And it literally can fall in your lap. Sometimes it's just so easy. Just like, Oh, you want to have a film family to like make your short movie with boom. There they are. You know, it's just like that easy to crack into it. There's so
0: much going on. You want
1: to have some nerds to podcast with? They're freaking out there, man. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I definitely agree. Well, I really appreciate you coming out, uh, nerding out with me for a little bit. And so why don't you tell people where they can like... Uh, follow your podcast. like totally. Follow you on like social and things like that.
1: Absolutely. So you can find my podcast, the show that I'm on with Mr. Caleb Masters, at thecinematropolis.com. Um, it's on Instagram and Twitter. I think it's on Instagram as thecinematrop, and it's on Twitter as the Cinematropolis. And, uh, so that's the, the parent website. And then the, the podcast specifically, if you're in your Stitcher, your iTunes, whatever favorite podcasting app you have, you can find at the cinematic schematic, um, which uh, was really hard for me to pronounce earlier on in doing that show, but now I have it on lock, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that feed will have like my, our very special soundtrack episodes that there are any. And then of course the rest of the shows, which typically are composed of a review soundtrack and then like an interview portion. Um, so you can find all that stuff there. And then um, you can follow me on Instagram r- right now at Alex V brohannon. That's B R O H A N O N. H a N N O N. Sorry. I need to spell my Have you own spelled last your name, name before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lol. Um, it's, it's like a bromanteau of my last name. Uh, people, <laughs> I got that. I, I actually got bro in from the old podcast I was on, which is good uh, trash okay. on cast. And, uh, yeah, that's probably the, probably the best, most open way to contact me. I just started a, a new job. So my, I'm trying to lock down my Twitter feed a little bit more. Um, not because I don't feel like I'm, uh, you know, I just, I just want to be private about, hey. you know, my tweets hey, for that's right you. now. You do you. So, but I mean, if you wanted to like request a follow on Twitter <laughs> for me, it's Alex V. Brohannon also. Um, but, and then if you're just really curious and you're, you know, local, you could always just like send me a message on Facebook messenger. And that's just my name. Obviously I don't think there's very many Alex Bohannons. Last time I checked like census, not census data, but like phone book data, there was like maybe Two oh in the United States. there
0: can be only one. You need yeah. to go find the other one. A usurper.
1: Just put the, put the <laughs> beat down. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of like the bits about me right now. Um, yeah, it's just I've really enjoyed this yeah, show. Yeah, it was this fun, is right? Super fun. Like I actually forgot I was sitting on a stage in the middle of an empty room for a second. <laughs>
0: what are you talking about? There's thousands of people here oh, watching us. yes, this. yes. Hey. all of those. They've uh, been so quiet.
1: Yeah, yeah. They thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but yeah, I just that's actually this has been a really great experience well, so thank you, great for, to hear. thank you for having me golly
0: <laughs> well guys and as always you can follow us on social media tunes tunes podcast T U N E S slash t-o-o-n-s we're on facebook instagram twitter and you can listen to us on google play itunes wherever you listen to your podcasts so thanks yeah. again
1: yeah no thank you and i wanted to applaud oh, yeah. your name tunes tunes like it's it's I, clever it's super clever and i'm very proud that you thought of that hey. Be- not because that sounds like i'm talking down to you but mostly because i'm like impressed that no one's has is there any other tunes tunes i don't think so that's amazing <laughs> i'm very excited that's awesome so it's hey very clever. well thanks yeah
0: Peace. all right guys we'll see you next time